can't do that. I'm a Derek. Derek's don't run. Well, get off a tree or something. This is Waffle On Podcast. And welcome to Waffle On Podcast. My name is Simon Meddings. And I'm uh, Mark Kelly. Um. Um, I, I got confused then. I didn't know I was going to address myself. Okay, it, is, yeah. it is early in the morning for me, so I am Mark Kelly. It's quarter past 11. It's early for me. I've up uh, to the bed, so. <laughs> And uh, on this month's episode of Joy, we bring you Waffle On About Bad Taste. But before we crack on with that... We have some of this. Jeez, get on with the housekeeping already. So some housekeeping, Kel. Um, we have some iTunes reviews, some new iTunes new reviews. Ones. Some new ones. They're from America, these ones are. Um, I notice we don't have any apart from one in Canada. A little bit upset there, Canadian people. So that's how Not in France either. We've got a big listenership in France. Which is, it's ironic, really, right? isn't it? With my right. reputation. I know, yeah. I think it's a deal from sending in the, sending the wave <laughs> who's uh, promoted us. Okay, so first one is from... Uh, Chris Clemente, and uh, he says, uh, one of my first podcast uh, listens ever, and it's a fun-free reeling womp. Uh, love these guys. Uh, Thank you very much. Thank you very much. I know I do. Chris is on Checks in Sci-Fi. I do know Chris. Good man. Does some good podcasts. He's uh, obviously he recently did uh, Enemy Mine. Then we have one from Joey R seventy five who says stumbled upon this when searching for information on Rick Mail and Adrian Edmondson and after one episode I was hooked. Great job. Oh. Is that good name? Which is the episode we didn't think we did a very good job on. Again, that's really weird, isn't Strange. it? Strange. Uh, so, how are you, sir? I'm fine, thank you. Mm-hmm. That's it. <laughs> no, no, I'm all right, actually. I that's just want to say, I wanna, um, before we um, start, yeah. I want to say a big thanks to uh, Tim from Oregon mm-hmm. for getting me the uh, Voodoo Donuts t shirts. Yes. It's an absolutely brilliant t shirt, and I actually had the luminous. I went to a haunted house <laughs> last week, and it was the worst. Haunted, haunted house. house. It was really hard because one room was like done out like Predator. Right. Then one room was done out like Alien. Then what? there was a bit of Shocker, which I thought was a really oh, strange. What you meant from uh, X Files? Yeah, which was a strange film. And then every room was done, but it was rubbish. So was, was, Apart- this, was this electric or something? This was, was uh, no, it was just like uh, statues and things. But then, and he said on the thing, <laughs> there's going to be actors in there mm-hmm. to jump out in you. Right. <laughs> which was really weird and we thought we've got to go it's only uh, £3 which is about $5 so you know it's not going to be uh, the, it, yeah, yeah. the important part of that story is my t-shirt was properly luminescent <laughs> it was really good <laughs> and there was a little girl dressed up as the girl at the ring and Ooh, she screamed really? really mad and scared our mate Kev oh so this is this in that there Scarborough yeah oh you know what I would, um, oh no that's in that waxwork thing is in in um Anyway, so uh, again, a big thanks to Tim from Oregon. That was a uh, was very generous of you and very nice of you, and mm-hmm. I do appreciate it. Good so, man, thanks very much. Thank you, Tim. Otherwise known as King Guys at Linsker, and you can find him. He's got his own blob, 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 blog, <laughs> blob. I'm thinking of blob. Uh, it is early. And also, of course, <clears throat> I should point out. We're going to see Batman Rises in about uh, an hour and a half. I think yeah. right. So uh, yeah, ooh, well done. That was a. Homey, uh, homey. <laughs> oh, terrible, forget that. Uh, yeah, so what we're going to do, we're going to give a, a spoiler 
uh, review. Um, we're going to record it in the car after we come out. And we're going to put it at the very end of the podcast, right at the end. So you're going to get your normal credit, uh, your normal credits and you know um, podcast promos. We're also going to play the Bad Taste end theme tune, which is really cool. And then we're going to put on the Batman review. So if you don't want to hear the Batman review... Turn it off after you hear the bad taste theme tune. You'll hear us say, hello, welcome, this is going to be the Batman review. It's going to be uh, recording in the car, yeah, so yeah. I don't expect great quality. And Well, you should be used to that anyway. Yeah, go, go, um, so that's all the housekeeping done. Anything else? Facebook, Facebook page. We can talk about that later. Yeah. Okay, so, bad taste. Now, I watched this, uh, in fact, I've watched this twice in the past three months. Um, one, I watched it to get all the samples. There are going to be samples through this. Um, we're not going to say here's a sample. If it just pops up, it pops up. Yeah. Hopefully, it'll be in relation to what we're talking about. Yeah, you no. never know. <laughs> now, I watched that with uh, my wife and my two friends, uh, Pete and Donna. And uh, I have to say, <laughs> they wasn't really that keen, if, I, if I'm honest with you. Because I think it's the best thing since sliced bread. You know, you know I think it, it? I think it's very much like a, a kind of Marmite. It seriously is Marmite. Ve- Vegemite or, Veg- whatever, or whatever they have in... What's the American version of Marmite? They have Marmite in America. I don't know. Do you, do you have a yeast extract? <laughs> do you have a yeast extract that you uh, put in a sandwich? Probably not. Oof. But if you did, this oh. is very much This is very much like it. Uh, it's like we talked about this before. It's, it, haven't we? It's, it all depends mm. what you think about filmmaking. Yeah, if I you think. can look past... Amateurish. Yeah, if you can look past... You know, like I said, I, you know, I was thinking about this last night, that mm. if you're brought up in sci-fi... Like we were, you can look past effects, script, acting, <laughs> all the main things that most people associate with filmmaking. Yeah. But we can look past it. You look at the idea, you mm. can look at the, the verve of the filmmaking, the rawness. And if we very much brought up on Star Trek, so yeah. budget was never an issue. No, I think this is a filmmaker's film. It is very much so. Really and that's why he, he so loves it so much. Oh, he still loves it. And this is the thing is that I. I adored this film because when I was younger I wanted to make films and I ended up making an 11 minute short film which took me longer than <laughs> took me two years to do um, and I wrote a film which was called remember that it was called Killer Vickers and that was going to be a seriously cheap uh, no cheap that would have been cheap especially, especially the robot outfit yeah well let's not go to that no it wasn't a robot outfit that was the uh, uh, the transformation I movie. think you should put that on, the, <laughs> on our Facebook page show you want to see low budget effects <laughs> that was low I budget. think you should get a picture you're wearing it aren't you I know yeah I think Okay, yeah, well, I'll put those up on the Facebook page. Because there's, a, there's a picture of me typing the script out with some <laughs> excruciatingly dodgy, uh, dodgy curtain haircut, yeah. and you with an uh, equally bad haircut. Um, so, and I watched it again, obviously, to get the script. Kel, you watched it um, last night. Last night. Uh, look, I don't want to get too much of it because we're going we to go through the film, but I, I, I don't say this very much, but I think it's a work of genius. Mm, well, I, I really do, because. The part of a genius is geniuses are flawed people. Mm. Einstein, all these people, the geniuses, but they had a lot of wrong with them as well. And I think that is this. Yeah. It's so, you, you know, if you break it down, it probably is terrible. Because one thing you notice is the acting is terrible in it, isn't it? I think, well, so ironically, the, Peter Jackson, now we should point out in case you haven't guessed already, this is actually Peter Jackson's first commercial film. He'd done 12 of us before it as, you know, films with friends yeah. shorts and animation everything like that but this was his first commercial release over there in that there New Zealand um, Peter Jackson obviously now most well known of course for being the uh, the head honcho over Lord of the Rings and soon to be The Hobbit we'll go over his other films in a bit Single Child so he had a lot of imagination normally that's his way that's always the way but he acts really well in it his acting is fantastic but 
the reason why his acting is fantastic is because he's the writer and he's the director so he's wrote he knows how it's his words aren't they it's his words yeah but you've seen some of them some of the delivery of the lines <laughs> especially he, with um, he's terrible yeah Barry at the he, beginning stop uh, right there yeah <laughs> I love it but like I said I can look past that yeah because like I said it leaves you with such a warm feeling when you watch the film mm. if you you know like I said I'm saying if you're brought up on horror movies yeah on Hammer Horror and Universal Horror and all this stuff it leaves, you always look past they were never the best acted films in the world nah, ever nah, not at all you know yeah. what I mean Put Christopher Lee's acting ability he's basically stand still well Chris, Christopher Lee's acting really got, got a hell of a lot better as he got older yeah I mean he's, he's Salaman he's, he's, he, he's genius and also because I'd, I'd say really his acting got better from uh, The Man with the Golden Gun we just say something yeah because that was what 1975 it just, it? You know, he, but you look past that yeah of course you do because you, you know it, the trouble is maybe it's because he was tired we are going to do a Hammer Horror special oh, yeah, so yeah. I know we've had a few requests about that uh, me and Kel are huge fans of oh, that yeah. especially Kel being yeah. a huge fan of uh, Officer Horror uh, but we both have a, a, a serious admiration for the genius that is Peter Cushing. Oh, yes. Um, We're going to go on a trip one day, aren't we? We're going to we go in the tea room. Yeah, I think we'll do that. Was uh, it uh, Whitstable? Is yeah, it Whitstable? Yeah, isn't it? Are we going to do that this year? We're going to do it next year. It's oh, you know when we should do it. What? How old are we now? Oh, no, we should do it. That should be in our 40-year celebration. Yeah, yeah. And we could, yeah. That's a good point. Yeah, yeah right, we'll do that. We'll do a mini waffle when we get to Mini waffle with Peter Cushing? Yeah, yeah. Well, not with Peter Cushing. Because I ain't going to do a seance live on air. Oh, no. Dave Kakora. Get it in your face. Okay, so let's just have a little bit of basic information here. Um, this was, of course, written, directed, and produced by legendary uh, Kiwi Peter Jackson. Written by Ken Hammond, Tony Halls, and, and, of course, Peter Jackson. Starring Terry Potter, Peter O'Hearn, Peter Jackson, Mike Minette, and Craig Smith. Music by Michelle uh, Scudium. Cinematography, Peter Jackson. Editing, Peter Jackson and Jamie Selkirk. The studio is, of course, Wingnut Films. Wingnut, okay, still, still doing all it's the... still Wingnut, still isn't his it? company. He was distributed by the New Zealand Film Commission. These guys actually helped him out um, to, to finish the film. And it came out June 1989. Running time, officially, 91 minutes. The one that we watched uh, is 88 minutes. Uh, but there's more, I'll tell you that, a bit oh. more about that later on. Budget for this... Uh, the final budget was $255,000 it's it's absolutely insane that is, isn't it yeah. I know you're going to look back inflation you know what I mean mm. it wasn't ultra low budget was it you could see they had some money there's no doubt that you can see there's money behind them yeah I'll definitely well he saved but, up a lot <laughs> yeah that's it you can see that but I mean even, but you know it's, it's such ambition mm. that's what that film says to me I watched that film and the word it's, you know turn up you think yeah you can see the ambition in the man Oh, definitely. Because how old was he when he was doing that film? Oh, uh, well, he, was, he started filming in 1987. Um, no, didn't he? He started filming around about 1984, I think. That would be in production. So he would have been... He was born 31st October 1961. So he was 24, 25. That's not bad, is it? And, and he plays two roles in it, which is always what fascinated me. And they are completely different because mm. you've got... When he's got his beard, and he's without right. his beard... Yeah, so with he, his beard. How was he doing that then? Well, he was, obviously he was filmed... He did. I think he did the Derry. I don't know because he's got grey hair. Is he playing yeah. Derry? Well, then again, that could have been just makeup. So I'm not too sure what he filmed first. I have a feeling he probably filmed Robert first and Derek later. Yeah. Because and he fights with Derek. Yeah, 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 yeah. But that, when you look at that and you look deeper, you can see the editing is really well done. It's just oh, like, yeah, that's what we saw the editing in it. He, he's 
Uh, amazing. Oh, I was going to yeah. say amaze balls then, but I'm going to say amaze balls. Yeah, that's the new com- that's the new term. What the young people say, amaze balls. You're not young. I know. Stop it. There you go. Yeah, so yeah, I, I refuse to say that word again. <laughs> it's amazing, but uh, no, it, it, you're thinking with your bakery book. Yeah, my bakery. Book. Come here. We've been to be young when you took up baking. I know. Yeah. <laughs> Keep it to yourself. It's not for waffle on fans. Uh, <laughs> no, but like you said, to, to, you know, to do 24 to think you can, um, you know, edit a film that well mm. because. You know, people say editing's easy. Editing's the hard part. Oh, this yeah. is why editors in Hollywood are the most sought-after people because it's the hardest thing to do. Yeah, especially then as well. Wait, because they've no continuity at a person looking at. Yeah. Over, it must have been just amazingly done because editing is editing. He had this vision and, in his and, head. And also, because you know how long it took. I mean, it took four years to do. Oh. The um, he's actually continuity-wise. I think he did it quite easy because he's especially everyone had blue shirts on. You couldn't go wrong, and all the actors are playing the same people in yeah, yeah. different things. And he's never been the skinniest, has he? Well, now he is, isn't he? Oh, no, he's not really skinny now. Um, So, let's have a little bit of info about Pete Jackson, of course. 31st of October, 1961. Born in Pukarina Bay, New Zealand, which, of course, where is all of this film is... Where is that's terrible, isn't it? Mm-hmm. Uh, where the majority of this film is actually filmed. He's married to Fran Walsh uh, since 1987. And Fran Walsh is his uh, partner in writer. She's the one who did all the Lord of the Rings with him and, uh, and subsequent films. Other films that he's done, that he's most well known for, Me the Foobles in 1989. Mm. Not that keen on that. Yeah. Really I think one of his missteps there. Although, you know, I know this idea, the adult Muppets. Mm. But to me, the Muppets was adult. The Muppets enough. was adult anyway, wasn't it? Exactly, yeah. it had loads of different levels of jokes anyway. So, you know, why just put funny fart jokes and yeah, sex jokes? Yeah, it was poor like... Muppets, wasn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nah. Uh, Brain Dead, 1992. Genius. Nothing, nothing needs to be said about that. Like it's said, a masterpiece. That's going to be another waffle. Oh, yeah, I I love love that. Forgotten Silver, 95. Oh, brilliant. Oh. <laughs> Pause. Uh, and we're back. Uh, not going to edit that out. That was a very angry you there, wasn't it? That yeah, was a very angry <laughs> me there. I've, I've, I've tried to be nice. The, the F-bomb and the slam of the phone there. I've tried to be, I've tried to be nice. They've, they've gone out the, it's gone out the window now. I'm just, I'm just basically angry. So we were just slightly distracted by the shooting that's gone in in Denver with... Uh, some nut has gone and shot a lot of people watching Batman. I hope that don't happen. Are we getting right? a waffle on fans in that cinema? I know. Yeah, I hope not. I hope you're all right in Denver. Uh, well, he's the one shooting. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let's look at that. Um, yeah, Forgotten Silver. I really quite like this. Forgotten Silver is a. a, a I haven't of... saw this because you've told me about this. I haven't seen it. Haven't you? No, oh, I'm not going to say anything then because it'll ruin it. Uh, the Frighteners, 96, with Michael J. Fox. Brilliant. Absolutely. Lovely I, film. I just think. I always think Frighteners is his last movie to me because. No one talks about it now. Mm. No one talks about it. And I thought, I've, you know, I'm into horror and all that kind of thing. And it's like the forgotten about film. It's never on the TV, is it? When do you ever see it? And I think it's absolutely brilliant. Oh, it is. It's really funny, but it's really dark as well, which is perfect, Peter oh, Jackson. And, and Michael J. Fox is just, a, just oh, really well acting. He's got Fink Emery in it as well, isn't he? Uh, yeah, Full Metal Jacket. Full Metal Jacket. He's wicked, isn't he? Uh, Heavenly Creatures, of course, Kate Winslet's oh, first major, major film. Uh, it's a very dark film, true story, no about murder. Uh, the Lovely Bones, King Kong, The Hobbit, and of course, he's most well known for um, Lord of the Rings, the trilogy. District Nine, he was, of course, a producer of. That came from uh, the uh, setback of doing the Halo film. And The Adventures of Tintin, not seen it yet. Need to ask Pete Collins about that because it's a huge Tintin. Yeah, yeah, I haven't, I haven't seen yeah. it. Either. Okay, Jackson was made a Companion of New Zealand Order of Merit in 2002. He was later knighted as Knight Companion of the New Zealand Order of Merit by the then Governor-General Anand Satyanda at the ceremony in Wellington. So, shall we talk about the film? Go We're not going to go in about the actors because really oh. they haven't done anything else. Now, nah, he's mates who worked at the paper. Yeah, so, yeah, uh, so, yeah. Okay, so you eject as I, as I yeah, run through this, cool. okay? 
Hey, the film starts with the silhouette of a man with no fingers on one hand, just a false finger, and later a cigarette holder held in with a plaster. <laughs> no, but the thing is, I know this, it's not a cigarette. It's, oh, a, it? it's a special cigarette. Oh, is it really? Yeah. Oh. Matt, you can tap on the filter. I don't want to go too much into it, because this is <laughs> private. But uh, it's a special... I, I, I forgot how weird that bit... I remember mm. thinking, I can't remember that bit. You know, because it's 10 years since I saw this film. I said, that's not... Oh, my God. Why is he smoking a big doobie and with a massive with a plaster on his finger? Yeah, it is. It's, it's, it's a really odd bit, isn't it? And I think it? we've got the theme tune that we're going to play in a minute, which we don't. We haven't. We've got to do, but we'll add it in now. And I'm sure that the um, the theme tune has that bit in where he answers the phone. So uh, if that's on, this is where it's going to get played. Hello, emergency. What service did you require, please? Oh, quick! Anybody, just get help! Where are you calling from, sir? My horror. Phone box. Call a full-scale invasion alert, sir. I'll phone the forces, fighters, frigates, foot sloggers. Hmm. Perhaps that could all be a bit showy. I think this is a job for real men. Obviously, there's, there, there, there's some stuff going on down there, and they have to bring in the boys from the Astro Investigation and the Defence Service. And what does that say? What's the hang of that? Yeah, the Astro Investigation and Defence Service. Wish we'd change that name. What, what is he? I'm a rubbish. AIDS. Oh, that's it. I'm rubbish at acronyms. I am absolutely rubbish at them. Derek, played by Peter Jackson, Frank, Ozzy, and Barry are sent in to investigate the disappearance of everyone in the town of Kai Hora in New Zealand. They find the town has been overrun by space aliens disguised as humans. Barry, which is where we first see Barry, kills one of the aliens and is attacked by others. We hear Derek telling Barry to kill him with that line of, I thought you were left-handed. Yeah, I just think it straight away it sets this thing because the, one of the biggest gore is at the beginning. Mm. And I, I, in horror, a lot of people don't like that. Well, it's not to me. I don't want to get into too much detail, but I wouldn't even class it as a gore film. It's splatter. Yeah, it's it a very different thing. And I think straight away it sets what it's going to be, this film does. And mm. in the world of Splatter, it usually builds up. Yeah. With this, it starts off mad and then stays mad all the way through yeah. it. And well, it... when Barry shoots that guy, he shoots him twice. And when he does the headshot, I'm going to do it say the headshot's the only way to go. Yeah. He blows his head off and then it cuts down. You can see the slight edit of the cut, yeah, but it's yeah, so yeah. well done. And the make, Robert, the, 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 he's, cause Peter oh. Jackson made all the masks. He's amazing.
I'm not the poor bastard that's got to clean that up. Jesus. It's just his hair, half a head, his blood's going down, and he falls down and goes across his jeans and down, and that's the best line that you like, isn't it? So you can say that. No, the guy goes, make sure you get a, he goes, get a, you know, goes back, go and get a blood sample. He goes, I don't need to, just ring out my droids. <laughs> you know, I proper, I proper cracked up laughing at that last night. I thought, and even Emma, what are you laughing at down there? <laughs> I said, uh, because I forgot how much I lost love, the lines in it. I yeah. completely forgot about that line, and that is brilliant when you forget about a film that you love, isn't yeah, it? And you and go you, back you to go it. Back. That's probably the good thing of not, not having to watch it all the time. Well, well it's, I, I think it's the only negative thing about being a film fan that if you watch a film too many times, you can ruin it. Yeah, that's like in Blues Brothers with me now, Life of Brian. I've got to say, Life of Brian myself, actually. the first I, I, I tried to watch it about three weeks. I, 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 I yeah, knew too much. Yeah. And I thought, what's the point in watching it when I'm just doing it in my head? Downsides, isn't it, really? Yeah. Um, Bo tells Dewey that somebody is coming to collect charity money, and then they realise, of course, the old uh, town is empty. Seen anyone else about Barry? No. The place is completely deserted. They're probably all dead. That's at least 75 people. Jeez. I just hope we're in time to save the world. Well? I just hope you got it right this time. No doubt about it, Barry. I've been watching the skies. And do you know what the skies did? They pointed. They pointed at this place. Why can't aliens be friendly? There's no glowing fingers on these bastards. We've got a bunch of extraterrestrial psychopaths on our hands. Like a... Like a visit from a planet full of Charlie Mansons. They've wiped out a small town for starters. As my guess, they'll go on to something bigger next time. Christchurch, Wellington, Auckland. Yeah, well, that wouldn't be so bad. Um, after Derek notifies, because uh, <laughs> that's like the uh, Craig Smith is a bloke who plays a charity guy. No, no, here's something you know, something interesting I watched last night, right? Mm. Is he a con man in that? Yeah, because he puts his. Uh, yeah, like, oh, you know, I didn't really think about that till last. Night. I thought, is he a con man? In that, it's never explained, is it? I think he is because he pretends to be a vicar, doesn't he? Pretends to be a vicar, doesn't he? Yeah. So really, it, it's it's not it because he's like the damsel in distress, even though he's not a damsel, and he's, he's a, a he might be a con man, yeah, or he yeah. might not be, he might be. But I just love that little bit in it. Uh, Derek notifies Frank and Ozzy that he has a alien, <laughs> which is play, which is an alien called Robert, um, also played by Peter Jackson. He, he caught him early on, and I think it's brilliant the way that they do this interaction. Where I've got to say, it's a brave thing to do for your first film to have one of the first scenes is an actor, the director playing two parts. Playing two parts. It's a on, the, on the edge of what does look a very yeah, precarious yeah. cliff edge. Oh yeah, there wouldn't have any health and safety oh, no. in the film. There's doing no storm in it. Well, Robert's hanging upside down. He's got a pair of Reebok trainers on him. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And this is where Derry comes up to him and says what one of my favourite lines. Well, this has buggered your plans for conquering the universe, eh? <laughs> my friend, the astro bastard. Time for talkies. By the time my colleagues get here, I want to have you babbling in some extraterrestrial language. Now, in case you don't want to do what you're told, I can always encourage you by hammering this cold steel into your fibula. It'll sure fuck a nasty hole in your marrow, mate. 
We'll get the old ball rolling, eh? Now, what are you dirty who is doing on my planet? So he does end up putting that big metal spike through his shoe, just tapping it away. Yeah, 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 and, uh, and, and the way the blood spurts out, hits him in the glasses. That's, that's just genius. And Robert screams and attracts a number of aliens in the area. Barry tells Derek to run, but Derek says, which is where the opening of this episode is, I'm a Derek, and Derek's don't run. Derek then kills the would-be rescuers. That is the most ridiculous thing, where he pretends to shoot them. It's a ridiculous bit, that is. It's, like I said, you... It's like, it's the it's just his mind working. That's why when you watch this film, you're thinking, he's just going through this film. He's had so many ideas going mm. all through this film. And, not, you know, most films these days, you know, they ain't got many ideas in. They've just got big CGI effects in it. But this, is thinking, how can we make it different? And it's quite, it's a bit, I always think it's a bit like Wiley Coyote, I do. It is a little it's bit, It's a yeah, bit yeah. Roadrunner and that, mm. isn't it? The way some of the, because another thing, there's, there's an awful <laughs> loads of, Visual gags, yeah. people slipping over, isn't yeah, there? Sli- loads yeah, of it slipping on the pratfall, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, yeah, There's yeah. loads of that, and that's another part of that, isn't it? That is like something you get from like a Daffy Duck movie, or but where mm. someone's pretending to shoot someone, yeah, yeah. but he even holds his stomach and falls back. <laughs> I mean, the, the, the aliens get killed in that. One gets shot totally in the stomach, and he puts the gun through his stomach to carry on shooting the others. One goes to attack. They go and attack him with two hammers, don't they? Um, because the one's got that little hammer. No, he's got the classic bit where the one's got a big hammer. Yeah. Then another big hammer. Then a big hammer. Yeah, <laughs> can't find it. It's like a little soft hammer on the thing. Ian gets shoots at this one guy and his arm gets shot off and the hammer falls in the, guy's, the other guy's head, doesn't it? I think that is the best gore effect in it. Yeah. It's that scene because it looks really bizarre. You've got a... a well, I'm not going to say a zombie. Like an alien... Mm. With a big mallet in his head and an arm on the end of it, yeah. oh, with the blood spilling around, yeah, it's just a really brilliant bit. <laughs> um, now Derek tries to get away because he's run out of bullets, and as he climbs down the cliff, he finds out Robert's got just disappeared, doesn't he? And he ends up shooting the uh, the alien again. Robert jumps out from the bush, attacks him, and then Peter Jackson play, play, uh, playing Derek. Obviously, it's like a, a dummy, isn't it? It's a, it's a, a good dummy. It's a really good dummy. It's a, really, well. it's a dummy in a fetal position. He goes into a fetal position, and Robert kicks him, and he rolls that, and it's brilliant. It's brilliant because it's, yeah, it's because it actually because a lot of them dummies look rubbish, yeah. don't they? and it's really well done because yeah. it, it goes from that fetal position. He rolls down, then they must have used another dumb, dummy at the bottom to throw it down, so it's bouncing on the rocks. Yeah. It's a brilliant bit. Oh, when really he lands as well, the way you get the blood splattered, yeah, yeah. that's just brilliant. Um, now, as this is all going on, of course, uh, the charity collector named Giles is passing through Kaiha he's then attacked by Robert who of course has escaped um, now he finds Robert eating the brains of the alien that uh, Barry killed earlier on mm-hmm. that's great that oh, is. No, I love he's got his spoon like he's got his spoon yeah. <laughs> um, Giles escapes in his car another Morris Miner this is uh, apparently Peter Jackson have a fondness for Morris Miners ah. it's the second Morris Miner he's got uh, and he then runs to the house and an alien answers the door and then smacks him over the head with a wooden mallet that actually does sound quite bad even when they drag him up the steps and he hears his head bouncing off the I thought it's probably the most violent bit actually in it yeah, well, this he hits is... him with the mallet yeah. because all the others it's blood sperming there's no blood sperming yeah. it makes it worse it does it the sound of yeah. it uh, they then stick him in a larger metal um, uh, well what is it a cookie like bottle, a barrel. Right? bottle big, big barrel, barrel with loads of vegetables and stock yeah. in it and uh, this is when we first see the head leader of the uh, the aliens I suppose you're wondering why you're soaking in Reggie delivered secret herbs and spaces mm. tomorrow we're having you for lunch mm. 
You're the exotic new taste sensation. Human flesh is it. You are going to be the first bit of meat that we've had a chance to get our teeth into since we arrived. So we're going to treat ourselves to a feast with you as the main course. <laughs> Quite an honor, really. We'd better leave so we can get some sleep. I'll have the edge ridge. Actually, the, and the actor who does that, that's not his voice. Is it I not? Thought, no, that's a different voice, that is. What was it, dubbed on after? Dubbed on afterwards, yeah. It's a very good dubbing. It's really good. What, what really, was that? He said there was well, I think he was just a, he was just, uh, apparently he's a really old, a general old man, that guy was, and they needed that kind of like. Yeah, 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 yes, you know what I think his voice is like? A bit like Joss Ackland. It is a bit, yeah, with yeah. Joss Ackland, yeah, yeah. yeah. My mum doesn't like Joss Ackland. Why not? She's sorely in the play hair, naked. Oh, really? <laughs> Never been able to get the image out of her. <laughs> to yeah. be fair, if you've ever seen Joss Ackland, yeah. uh, people in America might be community. Lethal weapon, too. Anyway, Derek suddenly wakes up landing on the rocks. Amazing how he survives that, to be fair. Oh, yes. <laughs> the, 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 you know, you've got to sus- suspend your disbelief in this film, haven't you? This, this is, is what you've got to do. Seriously. Well, this is where you start to, This is where you get... Some people get turned off by this film. But when he sits up and he turns around, he finds a bit of his brain sitting yeah. on there and his back of his head opens up, doesn't it? I've got to say, I think, uh, you know, I've got a strong summer thing. So I think it's the yuckiest bit he's in mm. when he's messing around with his head. He's sticking his brain's back in his head. It does make you feel a bit... Mm. Even though you know it's an effect, like all the other stuff, yeah. there's something not nice about it is that when his head peels back it peels back yeah, yeah. but it's, again it's because it's so really well done it's got yeah. all that hair on it and yeah, it does yeah. look like it's his head I don't it, know how he did it oh no surprise. I'd love to because you were saying there's an actual making of it isn't you can watch there's a, yeah there's a thing I'll, I'll say that a bit later on but yeah I mean if we can we do forget it's called um, Good Taste Made Bad Taste you can see it on YouTube it's on some of the DVDs it's, there's a cut down version about 9 minutes but the actual version is about 20 minutes and it's Peter Jackson talking all about it and his mum and dad is it done at the time or was it just after filming I think because they all look he looks generally the same yeah. and all the other guys are, are doing it um of course, David's landing a load of seagulls, isn't he, as well? <laughs> yeah, he's got a very, very weird thing about seagulls. I don't think he likes seagulls, does he? No, no. no. Uh, now, that night, Frank, Oz and Barry sneak into the alien's, ha- <coughs> sorry, alien's house and find a room filled with bloody cardboard boxes. They kidnap an alien, but actually they pull their head off the alien, don't they? And he... he it's got, he my, book, it's he got book. My, uh, the old magic still there. Yes. <laughs> That's one of my favourite... Oz is my favourite character, isn't it, Oz? Oh, dear. So anyway, Frank wears the shirt and infiltrates the alien meeting and finds out that Kaya Hora is actually being harvested for alien fast food. Uh, all the aliens are down the bottom stairs and they get um, a bit of a sermon from the lead alien. Welcome, my friends. The job is almost done. We take off for home tomorrow. I'm sure you'll be pleased to be leaving this shitty planet. In the meantime, I must impress upon you the importance of remaining in human form. No matter how awkward, uncomfortable, and ugly it makes you feel, we are so close to success that we must take no chances. The sad news is that we will be heading for Nalignard with six of our co-workers in a state of permanent death. They died today, murdered by some real arseholes. Robert escaped their clutches and reported back to me. Um, now, Robert, 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 uh, has to vomit in a bowl, which the aliens then dine on. That is actually quite horrible, isn't it? I mean, it's another effect, but it's uh, obviously it is, a full because set. he does that thing, oh, and look okay, I've got a lump in here. <laughs> I should play that sample. <laughs> okay, here's a clue. <laughs> oh, I see the gruel is ready. Yeah. <laughs> 
Robert. Aren't I lucky? I got a chunky bit. Yeah, there you are, boys. Now uh, Frank has to uh, has to eat the chuck, and um, yeah. and and he does. But he's what's funny is the fact he goes. Like, hmm. yeah, he yeah. He's obviously some kind of mint, kind of mint thing. Um, he escapes them all, and they tell the team of the plan, and they sneak out the side of Giles. Now at sunrise, I try to leave, but they're attacked by the aliens. Derek, who's now wearing a hat to try and keep his brain from falling out, he gets his hat shut off and starts to lose more of his brain. Now this is the whole week when he turns around. There's more of that brain on the floor. And he just puts he just puts the belt around his head. Yeah. It's a bit later on when he no, kills. He's, he's standing on it. Doesn't yeah, he? he just look. It's just a bit of the brain. Think, oh. yeah. and a little bit later on when he kills an alien, he just takes the it's alien's the brain and sticks the yeah. alien brain. And, he's, and that's even worse. It's yeah. like oh no. Um, well, anyway. um, yeah. As the boys leave, Robert the, and the alien leader, all known as Lord Crumb, uh, suddenly transforms into their true form, which are really, I mean, amazing masks, aren't they? Absolutely. But I was thinking. You know, that's self-made. Yeah. It's amazing. It is. It's amazing. Like, did he, he made the effects? He made them all. He that... made them all in his mum's oven. It's amazing. Which I have no idea how you... What, how did you start that? No, no idea. Because um, it, it is just... Oh, it's crazy. Ozzy uses a rocket launcher and blows up Frank's car. And what's <laughs> Frank's car? It's, uh, it's, it's a Granada, isn't it? For Granada. For Capri. For Capri. In homage of Starsky Nuts. Yeah, that's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because you've got the boys, haven't you? That's it, the boys, yeah. Because I'll tell you what I noticed. There's loads of... Loads of references because there's a Doctor Who references in as, as well, isn't there? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because he goes, uh, uh, the aliens go, because oh, they could come down in police box. Yeah, and there's a Star Trek reference. We don't beam them up. And there's a ZZ Top thing at the end. Yeah, yeah, with the. Uh, the yeah, there's, there's there, like, yeah. and the Waltons. When the alien, when he's going, good night, no, right, right, yeah. good night, <laughs> right. And I, I only noticed that last night. Yeah, I, thought, I, didn't, I, didn't, that. I didn't notice the Waltons one. Think, remember oh, it now. Yeah, yeah, good night, Jim. Good night, Jim. No, Robert. No, Robert. <laughs> um, now, Frank and... Yeah, they, so Ozzy blows up Frank's car because some of the aliens escaped in it. And they get deafened by the heavy metal music that, that's being played in it. Well, Even though, right, it makes you think it's Ozzy's car at the beginning, doesn't it? Yeah. When they right. blow the car up, because that's my bloody car. <laughs> so a, what's going on there? Yeah, I think there's a bit of car. I thought, hmm, a bit of country news going on there. Yeah, you see that old Frank just, just appeases Ozzy, isn't yeah. it? Uh, Frank and Ozzy hunt for Lord Crumb and kill a lot of aliens along the way. I mean, it's just lots of shooting here, isn't it? It's a pretty... It's a I tell you, very, very much like uh, Hot Fuzz ending yeah, the shoot yeah, isn't yeah. it very much of that because yeah. they're, they're obviously big fans of that film uh, Edgar Wright and Son and Pegan and they've got to be because I thought there was a lot in a lot in Shaun of the Dead like that now obviously the film's a different film but there's just the way they did it use really real gory yeah, effects yeah. and having the body pulled apart and all that kind of stuff having the hole through the body yeah, through you the, know I the thought body. that's from Bad Taste that is really good yeah of course yeah that's what I thought now um yeah, they shoot a load of vines, literally just shooting them in trees, rolling around and all this kind of stuff. And that bit when he shoots the tree. Yeah. It's <laughs> the most that. ridiculous bit. He, like, they're shooting him for ages and he's dancing all around and he's <laughs> driving all around the thing as if they're a really good shot. Then he just only shoots about five shots. Anyway, it's about 12 before like, the tree. And the thing is, is that earlier on, the, shot, the scene earlier on where you saw him just standing there just going... As I call walking around the corner, it's all the same ones because we've got the same hats. On, so it's obviously all filmed on the same day. So awful, mate! You know that bit where there's one shooting and beyond the bat, and that one's beyond the barrel. Yeah, it's just the one barrel. That's much like Python. how not to be how seen, be isn't seen. it? Yeah. I thought, and I thought, you know, you can be all this thinking, yeah, it must be. Yeah, that must be. Where he's just like just a barrel there. <laughs> 
Uh, Derek kills an alien with his chainsaw and then replaces the missing parts of his brain, as we said, with the alien brain. An alien prepares to shoot Frank and Ozzy, but he's beheaded by Derek after he bursts through the wall behind it. Frank and Ozzy are shocked to see him alive, but realise that Derek has started to go totally insane. He's gone ape shit. Yeah. Derek's gone ape shit. <laughs> <laughs> you bastards! <laughs> you bastards! <laughs> I'm coming to get you! Um, as they run, Lord Crumb shoots Ozzy in the leg. And Frank fires his rocket launcher at the leader, but it misses and almost hits Derek, finally taking out a sheet. Oh, yeah, yeah, it's like a classic bit of that. <laughs> it's a classic uh, thing. Um, now, we should say the house, which is actually a real house in, in, um, in uh, uh, where it's filmed in New Zealand. Our friend Di went to see it, didn't she? That's right, yeah. It's actually yeah, now yeah. a guest house, and it's also uh, rented out for weddings and everything. Yeah, yeah. Like. I haven't I, an awful lot. You'd have to go and have to go there. Oh, yeah. there but they built um, two models of it. One where you see where it gets blown up with the, the, the rocket launcher, and one for when it takes off. Oh, yeah. There's two, actually two models, and there's bloody good models there. And, and the one that the one that get blown up is about eight foot, ten foot high. Bloody hell! Yeah, it's that big. Um, so of course they do they blow the sheep which is really cool Derek is knocked out by the alien lead in a house transforms a giant spaceship which blasts off into space with Derek still aboard on board Derek looks out the window to see that he's leaving Earth Lord Crumb hears a strange loud noise as <laughs> his way he's talking going yeah there's a bunch of we've lost some of the cowardly yeah. the cowardly plebs and he goes up there and he goes oh that's all this hold the phone um, he's killed by Derek I mean, no, he goes through his head, doesn't it's he? It's a very really extreme end scene, oh, isn't right. it? Because uh, he, just jumps, he jumps out of a hole in, in the roof, <laughs> flying through his head. Yeah, and he goes his through head. his head all the way and he comes out the bottom. <laughs> I've been reborn again. <laughs> Which is really, that's a brilliant, a really brilliant line, that, isn't it? Uh, I'm born again and I'm coming to get you, bastards. He then puts on the alien leader skin, laughing manically as he rockets towards the alien's planet. On Earth, Frank, Osborne and Giles are driven away in Derek's car, which, of course, Derek's car has, strangely enough, the Beatles in there. It's a very weird bit, that is. Why mm. has he got the Beatles car in there? It's just another, he's infatuated with the Beatles. Oh, so is, yeah. it, is that what he's yeah. doing? And I think he painted those pictures. That's his paintings of uh, the <laughs> Beatles in there, in the Sergeant Pepper thing. Um, so that's the end of the film. So um, it, might, it might sound like we've watched food, but with the clips on there, it should be, you know, hopefully pan out. But um, it's, as you said earlier on, a lot of it is very visual gags, very much slapstick kind of stuff. Like I said, it's Looney Tunes. Yeah. It's like an extreme Looney Tunes. That's what I think, you know. You know, it's like if people haven't thought about this film, or, or haven't saw this film, sorry, and you're going to watch it, you know, you know don't think it's going to be Texas Chainsaw Massacre. No. Because I know it's put, it lumped in with all them films as a video, like video nasty or, you know, extreme horror film. It's not an extreme horror film no, anyway. No. I'm shocked as well that it was, I mean, in, in Germany it was cut a lot more. What that? Which I find really hard to believe because Germany are normally pretty more open towards But I think it's none of the violence is ever realistic. No, there's no sexual violence in it, is there? There's no, there's no realistic violence. There's no bloody torture porn or no. gorno or whatever they call it these days. But, I, you know, I, I, like I said to you earlier, didn't I? I think it's a sweet film. Mm. Because it's innocent. Yeah. You can see it's a filmmaker at the beginning of his life thinking, right, I want to put all, I've got this money. I can put everything I like into this film. Mm. Bit of shoot. He obviously likes cut things that so you got the yeah. shootout. He likes, he likes you know, aliens. Yeah, he likes aliens. He likes zombie movies. Yeah. So what, he got the eating and all that. Uh, but, then, but then also, it's got. It's, it, I tell her as well, I thought, how many films do you get? I can only think of one where it's got no female leads in it. The only yeah. film thing is the only one I can think of has got no women in it. Hmm. Interesting one, isn't it? But there's not one female character in that. Uh, 2001? Isn't that... Uh, what's the one with Moon? Moon? Well, there's only one person in Moon. Mm. No, but you do, because he taught, uh, he's having conversations with his oh. wife uh, who's on the planet Earth. There's no, not even mentioned a woman in it. No. And I wonder why he didn't pick a damsel in distress. I think it might have been the fact that 
he's just, just his mates, isn't he? His mates, and that's what I love. I mean, in our film, one well, of my Timothy film that I shot, there's no, there's no, there's only one character in it. The Killer Vickers had no women in it. Oh, he did. He had Rose, yeah. who was going to be played by someone else. Babs, I think. Kevin. Um, some production notes. Come on. Much of the film was shot in and around Peter Jackson's hometown of Pekira Bay, north of Wellington, New Zealand. Originally begun as a short film, Bad Taste was shot primarily on weekends over the course of four years at a total cost. So a total cost of $25,000. And towards the end of the shoot, the New Zealand Film Commission invested 235000 into the film. So he only had twenty five grand. is what it costed. Now, the short film, um, Craig, uh, what's his name? Uh, Craig Smith actually left the film. Uh, he's the one who gets captured uh, through religious reasons. Reason, so he was religious. Yeah, but then he came back because <laughs> he went. Oh, I'm not that, I'm not that bothered now. Yeah. So he went back <laughs> in and joined in. A bit weird, isn't it? Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. So they invested two hundred fifty thousand to ensure uh, uh, completion. Heavily influenced by special effects pioneer. Have a guess. Your man? Is it? Uh, oh, uh, it's um, uh, Sinbad bloke, isn't it? Um, Tom Savini. T- Ah, <laughs> but I thought it was very much like, uh, yeah, very Tom Savini and, um, uh, sorry, he's got that. He's gone. He's gone. He's yeah. gone. Is it when? Yeah. You were there. You'll come in a minute, I bet you anyway. Yeah. Uh, uh, Peter Jackson incorporate camera tricks and many absurdly gory special effects in honour of Tom Savini. He also made his own uh, cranes. A camera crane, which he didn't know what he could see because he couldn't see through it, yeah. so he just angled it over the edge. And his own steady cam. For oh. 20 bucks, he made that steady cam for. Crazy, yeah. isn't it? Well, the thing is, we saw Tom Savini, didn't we? And, uh, well, and I didn't that's, get these. That's your <laughs> point. Uh, Jackson himself plays, as we said, two acting roles, and his friends and workmates played the rest of him in one scene halfway down a cliff. Careful editing, utilising shots taken months apart. So it was months apart that they did that with uh, Jackson and his beard. Uh, Bad Taste begins his penchant for using Morris Miners. Uh, they'll also emit the Feebles and also in Brain Dead, including the limousine. The weapons used in the movie were made of aluminium tubing, and the actors had to shake them to simulate recoil. A flash sound effect was added on later. All the masks in the film were baked in Peter Jackson's uh, mother's oven. Kai Hora, the name of the town whose inhabitants are butchered, is a Maori word coined by Jackson and his crew early in shooting. It has two parts Kai, which means food. And hollow, which means town or village, so it would be food town. Ah, that's interesting, isn't it? Uh, it's also the name of New Zealand China grocery stores. Uh, kai hara in uh, Te Reo Maori means greedy, but it's made up of the words kai food and hara quickly, which loosely translates could be said to mean fast food. Oh. Uh, the sheep in the film was to be played a larger role as a running gag, but surprisingly aggressive in chasing the boys at various points throughout. Uh, this, of course, was reduced to this one moment when he got shot. Yeah. Um, he was uh, distributed after playing at the Cannes Film Festival. Um, the banning of an already cut version of Bad Taste in Queensland, Australia, uh, three weeks into its run, led to the firing and dissolution of the Queensland Film Board of Review in 1990. Oh. The film had to be trimmed for release in Australia at the time the QFALC felt the gore was too excessive. The uncut version was released by Universal Home Entertainment in 2005. Apart from the uncut version, is a heavily FSK 18 rated. Um, which is cut by six minutes, the latter ten minutes. I can't, okay. I, you know, I can't. It shows you where we've moved on yeah. because that film would be a fifteen now. I don't know. Fifteen. We'd just be a fifteen. There was plans to be a, uh, to have a sequel, and in fact, in his first official biography on Jackson, Peter Jackson, a filmmaker's journal, which is what I read, mm. uh, reveals that in 1993, after Jackson's third film, Brain Dead, he approached the New Zealand Film Commission with plans to make Bad Taste 2 and 3 for $7 million. Uh, it, I, I hope he does it. I don't, no. Do you think he will? Well, he said in a, a recent New Zealand uh, newspaper, the Dominion Post, he's still interested in making a sequel to the movie. I hope so, but the only thing is, I think if he had too much money, do you think he'd ruin it? 
Mm. I hope he does it on a small budget if he does it. Yeah. That's what I hope, because I'm thinking, if they did that now, it'd be CGI, wouldn't it? Yeah. Yeah, and it's spoiled well, no, because think, of the yuckiness. I of think it. he'd still go for because I hope. Well, the good thing about Lord of the Rings is the fact that he look makes, at all the models that he used. That's well, the best thing. Better words, to make all the models. Yeah, yeah. That... We have a comment. Would you like an audio comment? Go on. Then. Okay, this is from Stefan. Hello to the Waffle On crew, Simon and Mark. Or should that be Mark and Simon? Now, this is Stefan from Australia, and for once, I'm not going to do one of my awful, crazy uh, comments for Waffle On, although I feel like, given the fact that this movie is about the movie Bad Taste, I really ought to be pretty much off my head around about now. Uh, now, this is kind of one of those situations where, to be brutally honest, I would probably prefer to hear your podcast and then respond than give my comments straight up because, well, look, here is my problem with bad taste. In fact, here is my problem with going back and and viewing the early works of anybody who's been incredibly successful later on. You kind of sit there and you're looking at each moment going, oh, I can see the beginnings of genius here. When... You look, in all honesty, that's just, it really is just a whole ton of retcon. Um, now, Bad Taste, uh, don't get me wrong, I love Bad Taste, quite frankly. Uh, bad Taste is a great movie to watch, particularly if you're in a room full of Kiwis, <laughs> which I have watched Bad Taste in a room full of Kiwis, because let me tell you that regardless of the fact that Australia and New Zealand share an inordinate amount in terms of uh, a common culture, that's nothing (laughs) on what they share internally. And there are so many internal jokes and internal things that come with this movie. And there's just, it's, it's, this movie is, is even more fun to watch in a room full of Kiwis who can sit there and just laugh their heads off and, you think that they're laughing at the same thing as you, but really, they're in a world of their own. And fortunately, I'm good enough friends with them that, uh, that they at least let me in on the joke occasionally. However, they won't let me in on all of it, as they say, because, quite frankly, then there's nothing to take the piss out of Australians. Now, this movie, in all honesty, I, I'm, I'm half-suspecting, Simon, given that you're you know pretty much purebred Australian anyway... Um, I, I suspect you're going to say that this is a, a brilliant film or something along that lines. Um, look, it's an interesting film. I love this film. One day you and I are going to do a, a live commentary to this film because, quite frankly, well, I'm just not going to do it sober, but yes, we do need to do a live commentary of this film. However, if you're going to pull apart this film and say, look, a film genius, well, look... Yeah, I, I, having done TMOH, th- this guy was making it up on the run, and he took four years uh, to make this film. The challenges on a non-existent budget, using certainly not trained actors, um, and frankly, not really having a lot to work with, and not even having a script to work with. It's amazing this thing got made. <laughs> 
However, what I will say is that, you know, look, you, you can go through this film and you can look at an effect here or a shot there and say, oh, you know what, this will later be the man who would make Lord of the Rings. The reality is that what really, really tells you uh, the most about this film and Peter Jackson is the fact that he survived four years, he kept on going, and he just never gave up and brought this to life, even though the odds were stacked against him, and in all honesty, he really had nothing going for him to get it done. <sighs> Such is the way of the world. But, you know what, look, you have to admire his determination. And that, more than anything else, is really what tells you why he became the person who made The Lord of the Rings. Because if there is something you're going to need to make a series as big as Lord of the Rings, it's determination. Now, if you are going to... Uh, all right, so if you, if you are listening to this podcast because you're thinking, you know what, oh, I've seen Lord of the Rings and... I'd like to see some more early Peter Jackson, you know, be quite all edumacated and all that. And, uh, okay. Let me just set down some criteria. If you're interested in Lord of the Rings, you really, really like Lord of the Rings and you're American, don't watch this film. Just, just don't, you won't get it. And all it will do is it will spoil your experience with Lord of the Rings. If you're English, and you want to watch this film and your sense of humor is somewhere south of, of where you know young Mr. Medding's sense of humor is. And speaking as uh, a co-worker, I know exactly where young Simon's sense of humor is. And mine is pretty much in the same place, fortunately. Um, then you'll absolutely love this film. Yeah, you really do need kind of to be a bit off the wall to, to kind of enjoy this film, really. Because, in all honesty, this film doesn't make sense. It's not meant to make sense. It's just Peter Jackson making his first film and showing that, if nothing else, he will move heaven and earth to get it made. No budget, no real actors, not much to work with. And yet he did it. And for that reason alone, this is an amazing achievement. But as I said, this is not really a movie for anyone. My other piece of advice, lots of alcohol, people. Even if you've got a room full of Kiwis, lots of alcohol. <laughs> um, thank you, Stefan. Uh, but it's not there because he would know that we'd like we'd, we'd think this was a bit. I think he must know us by now. The way well, our British put it. I work with him, so <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> so um, that's the end of uh, this um, podcast. Uh, did you know that in uh, English rapper police on Waking the Dead, he quotes, "I haven't felt this sick since I saw the film Bad Taste." That's very interesting. Now that is worth the podcast alone. I like, I really like uh, Plan B. There's some, there's some more pop culture ones you want to go on, then, go on. Okay. The Brazilian grindcore band Flesh Grinder made a concept album of the movie called Crumbs Crunchy Delights Organisation. Brilliant. Which is what they're called now. Some dialogue of the Spanish translation of the film is featured on the famous demos 46 Cabezas Aplastadas por Uno Unuc Oxiado and I'm so sorry if I said all these ones. Realmento Disfluso Comiendo Cadevers of the Spanish grindcore death metal band Machetzo. Very good. 
Segments of the film were also featured in the Canadian band Skinny Puppy's music video for Warlock. No, right, you see we got Skinny Puppy. Uh, yeah. The final song on Australian grindcore stoner rock band Blood Duster's debut album Yeast is the title Derrick and features a sample of dialogue from the film in the penultimate intro track. Uh, the final version of technical death metal band Lethargy's song Humor Me begins with a sample of dialogue from the film. There's a bit of a thing there. I think there's a thing going on of dark black heavy metal, isn't there? <laughs> it's a little bit. I don't know, but like I said, I think if people didn't know that, and they've heard that, they'd think, oh, I don't know what I say, it sounds really extreme, but don't, don't let that no, no, put no, you don't. off because it's not, it's more, it's, you know, I thought it's like an extreme Scooby Doo. Yeah, it is a little It's so ridiculous. It's funny. Yeah, not my girlfriend likes horror film, but doesn't like gore mm. splatter stuff. I mean, she was watching it last night, but saying it's just not scary, is it? No, 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 it's not scary. No, not at all. There's nothing going to scare just, you. It might make you go, ooh, that's yeah. yucky. Well, hopefully, it should make you want to make a film because it's. That's the, that's what I get. I see it's the rawness of it, mm. isn't it? Mm. And like I said, you can see his camera angles are there. Yeah, it was his like panning shots. He uses his wide angle lenses for close up shots. He does deep focus. He uses it, and you can see it straight away. He was thinking like that. I know. Must have experimented on these early films, and that's what makes it. I know this is a heretic thing to say, but I know everyone loves Lord of the Rings, but I think Lord of the Rings is very overrated anyway. But I want Peter Jackson to do more small films like Sam Raimi, mm. he got carried away with Spider Man, and that's why he's gone back to small films. Now, yeah, hasn't no, he? I think Peter Jackson will. I mean, he, he hasn't really. You know, he has done well with Lord of the Rings, and I, I'm a huge. Oh no, fan I'm not saying I enjoy him, but I just don't think there was. I think you know a lot of directors could have done that. I think it's such you, a. You, you, you want to know the original Peter Jackson film, don't you? I uh, do. Peter Jackson. I do. You know, it's film. like the Hobbit. I'm not excited about the Hobbit. I know exactly what it's going to be like. Yeah, yeah I'm not really about it. So James Nesbitt. I'll, I'll go. And, fucking James. Well, there you go. You know, and you know, Martin, you know, Martin Freeman would be good in it. Yeah, but it's like yeah. uh, come back and do bloody Sherlock. Yeah, there we go. That's what you know. Um, so um, we're going to play now a couple of promos and. Then we're going to play the end title credits uh, theme tune for Bad Taste, which I really like. It is pretty good, isn't it? It's a bad taste yeah, in my yeah. mouth. And then we'll also uh, play our Batman review. If for some unknown reason um, the Batman review isn't on there, that's because we either forgot, we're angry, or something happened with the recording. Well, <laughs> we got shots in this, haven't we? Oh, oh bad joke. Um, <laughs> uh, Kel, please tell our listeners what we do next. The Invaders. Dun, dun, dun. Get your pinkies out. Yeah, this is, we're gonna, we've got some fighting talks going to be in this. Oh, yes. Looking forward to that one already. So, I know there's one person out there, uh, Adil Thomas, uh, who's recently been watching um, The Invaders. So, if you're a big fan of the American classic sci-fi program, The Invaders, uh, please do send us in comments to the usual place. Yeah, because especially from people from the States, because this is going to be more your bag, surely. Mm. So you know, they might know more than more than what we more, know. more stories about the the, the people and that. And, and how to say Roy Thinners things? No, yeah, we don't know because we always called Roy Thinners, didn't <laughs> we? Thins. But I mean, that might have been us with a, a joke. I don't know what, what is he Thins Thins or Thinners. Thines. Fines. Mm, don't know. Anyway, send it in too. We're going to play our usual little blurb at the end, courtesy of Jen Rhodes. And uh, Carol, thanks for joining. Well, thanks for joining. It's your place and it's yeah. your podcast as well. So um, that's it, isn't it, really? Yeah. Right then. Bye-bye, everybody. Bye. If you would like to voice your opinions in written or vocal form, then please do email the lads at waffleonpodcast at gmail.com and await your views to be aired and then royally torn apart or praised. If you stalk the internet and hide in such social networks as Facebook, then why not join the group page? It's easy to do. Just type Waffle On Podcast in the search bar, find the page, and join. 
This has been a Waffle On production. Copyright Simon Meddings and Mark C. Kelly, 2012. That was a scene in California's Mojave Desert five years ago. Our historic first view of the newcomer's ship. Theirs was a slave ship carrying a quarter million beings bred to adapt and labor in any environment. But they've washed ashore on Earth with no way to get back to where they came from. And in the last five years, the newcomers have become the latest addition to the population of Los Angeles. Alienation, the newcomers podcast, is a fan cast devoted to the groundbreaking but short-lived TV series Alienation. This series tackles social issues like racism, bigotry, and intolerance with an alien twist. Each month, we will bring you a podcast dedicated to a single episode. The host will give you their thoughts on the episode, as well as some little-known behind-the-scenes information. So please subscribe to Alienation, the newcomer's podcast on iTunes, or visit our website at alienationpodcast.com. Have you ever experienced uncontrollable bouts of geekdom? If so, the Anomaly podcast may be right for you. In clinical studies, Anomaly's interviews, convention reports, commentary on geek culture, games, sci-fi and fantasy television, literature, and film provided a feeling of fullness while promoting health for optimal geekiness. The Anomaly podcast is not suitable for all people. Only geekily active cool chicks with a healthy sense of humor should listen. Geekily active cool guys should listen, too. Anomaly has resulted in sudden fits of squee. Broad smiles may appear without warning and could become permanent. The most common side effects of Anomaly are unconsciously joining in the Gamma Quadrant Golf Clap, out loud, at work, to the amusement of co-workers, and attempting to interject opinions aloud to hosts who can't hear the listener. But in all cases, the benefits outweigh the risks. Ask your anomaly if you're healthy enough for entertainment of this caliber. You don't need a doctor's messy handwriting to obtain a free subscription. Anomaly is available over-the-counter at Stitcher Radio and in the iTunes, Zune, and BlackBerry stores. You can also stream episodes of Anomaly and Anomaly Supplemental at AnomalyPodcast.com. That's A-N-O-M-A-L-Y Podcast.com. Just one one-hour episode provides 24 hours of relief and never leaves a bad taste in your mouth. Music by JewelBeat.com Hello, I'm Meds. You're not Meds. <laughs> and I'm Kel. You're not Kel either. I don't even sound like them, do I? I'm trying to. Yeah, I'm I sound not like sure. the Geico lizard. Yeah. Sorry, I don't mean to do that. Anyway, hey, we love Waffle On. Waffle On's fun. I just love the podcast. Meds and Kel, you're so cool. By the way, this is Rick. And this is Amy, and we are the hosts of Take Him With You. It's the weekly podcast where we discuss our geeky Moyer home. Yes, we are geeky. And we're really fun, though. We talk about our faith and how it relates to the world around us. And I absolutely love Star Trek heavy metal music. It's just too much fun. And I tolerate Star Trek and don't like heavy metal music at all. (laughs) What do you like? I like reading and quiet music and home and garden TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You like some of British sci-fi stuff, right? You know, I do like some sci-fi. I I really do, but um, just I'm not as passionate about it as you are. That's okay. We lived we've lived together for 24 years, and uh, 
It's okay. Opposites attract, and we're still we're we're still married, eh? Yeah. Eh? Yeah. That's Canadian. That's not English. Oh well. I say we go have a cup of tea. In- indeed. Indeed. Indubitably. Indubitably. I can't even say that. You do like tea, though. I do like tea. Yes. Earl Grey, hot. Well, anyway, if you get a chance to listen to our podcast, do so. It's at TakeHimWithYou.com, or you can find us on... iTunes. Just look up Take Him With You. And you can hit the little subscribe button, and it's free. Yep. So thanks, Meds and Kel. Have a great day, and uh, thanks for uh, letting us do our promo. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. Tea time. Yeah. I'm coming to get you, bastards!
Hi, uh, this is Meds with the Batman Review. Uh, now, I did say that me it would be me and Cal, but um, what happened was we went to the cinema and we got there about an hour early just to make sure we got some good seats. And um, we, we, it was probably about three quarters of an hour early. And as some of you may know, the Batman film's on for just uh, around about three hours. So we ended up being in the cinema for something like four hours, so I had to quickly drop him off and, and get back home. But we had a good chat on, in the car on the way home, so, and our feelings are exactly the same. Um, you'll take the odd thing or two. So here's a little bit of a, a review. There are spoilers in here, so as I said earlier on in the podcast, if you don't want to uh, know what happens at the end, which is basically the big spoiler, then turn off now. There's nothing else after this review. And uh, we'll see you for the next episode of Waffle Arm, which of course is about the invaders. So, here we go. Um, it's a bit long. Um, I reckon you could trim at least 15 minutes off it, really. There's a bit in the middle where they're trying to chase a bomb. And um, it's a bit samey-samey. It's a bit like, you know, in um, on the last Batman film with the the trigger bit on the boats. Really, you could have cut that out. Yeah, no one would have missed it. Um, Christian Bale is, is brilliant. Now, I, I'll, I'll be honest, I've said this many times in the past. I wasn't a great fan of the second Batman film. That's not to say, you know, I hated it or anything. I, I didn't. I own it upstairs, so that's a, 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 um, a sign that I do like it. I'm just not a great fan of Heath Ledger's Joker. It's not my Joker, it's not the Joker from the comics. Um, so I wasn't a great fan, and, and I couldn't stand Christian Bale's voice, this gravelly, droning, whining voice that he had. Really put me off. Um, thankfully, that's not the case in this film, so you'll all be pleased with that, I'm sure. Um, Michael Caine uh, does some tremendous acting. That man seems to have, have uh, just keeps on getting better and better as old as he gets. And, uh, and as some of you might know, of course, I met Michael Caine not long ago. Uh, bit of a bit of a letdown, but uh, still great to see him. Um, but he really does really does pull the works. He's acting, he's brilliant in this. Um, who else? Tom Hardy. Now, Tom Hardy, uh, me and Cal, huge fans of Tom Hardy. A uh, bit of a bit of a scallywag, but he's uh, there's something quite dangerous about Tom Hardy. Um, some of you will have known him, of course, from playing young, uh, the clone Picard in uh, the Star, uh, Star Trek film. Um, others will know him um, through his roles in such films as Bronson uh, and also Blackwater. Uh, Bronson, to me, he, he blew me away in that film. He was just absolutely magical. Um, it's uh, very much a British film, a bit arty, but if you get a chance, go and see it. In this film, while there was a little bit, uh, had um, a little bit of worries with, with him playing Bane, obviously in Bane in the comic series and, and in previous films, which has looked terrible, he's just this huge monster of a man. But um, Hardy plays well. He's bulked, bulked up. He's really he's huge in this, and his voice is is strangely disturbing. You know, you can understand what he says. I've heard some people say they can't understand it. Personally, I could understand every word he said. Um, you just got to concentrate. So hopefully, you're not in one of these cinemas um, that people are whooping and cheering and all that. And you know who you are, and hopefully, you haven't got um, popcorn munching people sitting behind you like we did. In fact, in the seats in front of us. We saw a couple walking, I kid you not, with uh, a big slurpy um, tub of cola, a huge, the biggest tub of popcorn I've ever seen, and two bowls, plastic bowls, of nachos. And that wasn't it. An usher came in and gave them two hot dogs. To be fair, they were big people, and I did think to myself, you know, you're watching an action film here. If you think you're going to be like Batman when you leave here, you've got another thing coming. Um... But, you know, one to their choice. And it's bloody expensive as well. It must have cost about 30 quid. Anyway, back to the film. Um, I am waffling. Um, it's really good. It's a great film. Um, there are 
some surprise people in it. Um, Liam Neeson turns up, you know, a hallucinogenic uh, moment, um, banging on like he does. Um, Matthew Modine's in it. I didn't recognise him until towards the end, actually. Uh, he plays the, the uh, second in command of Commissioner Gordon. And who else? Tom Conti, classic British actor. Tom Conti turns up there. Always good to see him. Uh, something better than Shirley Valentine. Um, what else? So the ending. Um, you know, I'm not actually going to give the ending away. I'm not going to do it. Uh, one, because my wife's in the room and she wants to see the film. That'd be a real, real nana. Um, it's a great payoff. I really enjoyed the ending of it. Oh, uh, let's talk about Catwoman. Anne Hathaway. Got a bit of a thing for Anne Hathaway, I must admit. I think she's really pretty. And she pulls pulls Catwoman off. Um, that's a strange expression, but uh, bear with me. Um, she really does do Catwoman well. Um, very much a woman in her own mind. Not pathetic by any means. Great cat burglar. Um, good psycho psychoanalysis going on there with her. I thought she's brilliant. Really enjoyed it. Best Catwoman I've seen ever. Well, that says something. Um, really like to see her again. I wouldn't like to see a, a film on her own. Uh, I just don't think that would work. Um, the other guy whose name, unfortunately, I can't remember, who plays the the rookie cop who becomes a detective pretty quickly. Really thought he was great, and there's a great little thing towards him towards the end, and you can see it coming all the way through the film. Um, I'm sure you can guess what it is. Um, I have no idea if there's any special bits at the end after the the, uh, the titles. As I say, we'd been in that cinema for three and a half hours, and I weren't going to sit anymore. Um, but yeah, look at look and go look and see it. They do they do know who Batman is in this film. I will say that um, Bane does announce not to not to the whole of Gotham, um, but to um, to a lot of people that they all know who he is because of um, other things that go on. But I'm not going to say it. I decided not to. Cal would have given you a lot of spoilers, but I'm not. But there we go. Anyway, that's it. Um, look forward to talking to you all next month. Take care.